of a new era. Next level. Raw. In your face. Hard hitting. To the edge. PWE is talking sports. The all-star crew. Dan O'Mac. Big Kaz. Brokowski. A-V-Z. And the game changer. The new beginning is now. We are back. This is the season finale of Talking Sports. And this is our Super Bowl reaction and little preview of off-season stuff. So, Big Kaz, what's up, my man? Hey, how's it going? How's it going? You know, like I said, this is the end of season one. Uh, we had a good season here. Next season, you'll be taking over the reins as the host. So I'm excited for that. Um, AVZ, as he cuts a promo and walks through the mall. What's up, man? What's going on? Yeah, I'm just being weird, making all the people at 12 Oaks uh, question why I'm just talking to my phone, I guess. <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> I'm not talking to you. It's, I'm talking to the phone. Brokowski, what's up? What up, what up? Everything's we have two. We, we have some Michigan fans here. You guys heard Harbaugh got his extension. Hell at, yeah. At Michigan. AVZ, Hell yeah, baby. AVZ an alum. He's pretty happy with that. I am excited about that. I know a lot of people are just like, oh, I don't know about Harbaugh. I'm like, how can you be like, oh, I don't know about Harbaugh after this season? Like, sit down. Like, I don't know. We'll, we will save that for another episode. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll save. Well, at least me, Big, and Kaz will save our feelings about Harbaugh for another episode. That's fine. So um, let's just get into who Kyle might be joining us. Kyle might not. He does have a, a pretty big match tomorrow night, so he may not be with us. But season one champion is Brokowski with a record of 10-3 and three in his picks. Um, Best in the world, baby. Coming in second was Kyle at 9-4. and four. Kaz and AVZ came in at eight and five, and I came in last at seven and six. Um, I picked the Bengals. I gave every reason why the Rams would win, but obviously I couldn't go for Stafford. Um, so I end up in the bottom. That's all right. I thought for uh, I thought for a minute there I was gonna I was gonna pull it off, but uh, let's get into uh, talking about the game. It was. Uh, I w- we were actually, all of us were communicating back and forth during the game, and we were kind of happy that they were letting the teams play and keeping the flags in the pocket. But then that last couple of minutes, they went crazy with the flags and some calls they decided to close their eyes on that were blatant. Um, big Cass, how was your feelings of the Super Bowl? You also fun. picked the Bengals. Yeah, I picked the Bengals, and uh, I, they had a possibility to pull it off, but uh, things fell through. Congrats to the Rams. They just played a better game. They won it right there at the end, too. They, it was a good Super Bowl. It wasn't one-sided. It went back and forth. It gave you that that box office movie feel to it, you know, being in L.A. and everything. But uh, I thought it was a good game, back and forth. Both teams played great. AVZ. I mean, it was a great game. Finally, finally, the Bengals doing 
what I said they were going to do the whole time and finally losing. I buried them from the beginning. Man, I shudder to think what my record would be if I was like, yeah, you know what? I, th- I have faith in the Bengals. I mean, they entered it with 10, a 10 and 7. And their offensive line crumbled like I, like I thought it was. Would um, I didn't get a chance to be on the last uh, podcast, but I would have said um, I definitely think that we'd be north of five sacks on Burrow during that game. And that did come to fruition. I think he had six or seven. Um if we want to call that last one a sack, I mean, he just kind of yeeted it up into the air, but like that was pretty, you know, Donald had him there, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was interesting seeing OBJ go down like that. I had a prop bet on him. which would be very sad. <laughs> um, so I don't like that, but I thought that the face mask on Jalen Ramsey uh, by T Higgins was pretty egregious. And the fact that they let that, like I was cool with them letting him play, but like on that one, I was kind of like, all right, that's a big call. Like that's a big call that resulted in a bomb touchdown that was like a blatant, blatant like offensive pass interference situation. Uh, so I was like, uh, I didn't like that one at all. But like, I also didn't like kind of at the end like that. Uh, um, I can't remember if it was a, uh, it was the pass interference of the holding um, on the goal line there that gave him the extra plays. But like, I was like, okay, that was kind of like, I feel like that's almost like a make good for like, <laughs> yeah. let that one go. Because, like, yikes. Yikes on that one. Uh, Bro- but, yeah, I mean, it was cool that they let him play. Brokowski. I told you so. I told you so. I told you so this whole time. Oh, I told you the Rams were going to do it, and they did it. I fucking loved the game. I did like how they let him play, but there was those two blatant calls at the end there that it just like seemed like in the last two minutes, the rest were like, oh, shit, we got to start throwing some penalties here and make some uh, – uh, pick up from some mistakes that we missed in the first three quarters. But uh, I really think that the coming out party of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, like if they keep that Bengals team together, build an offensive line around it, like that's a fucking dangerous team, man, getting into the future. I think that aside from all the the blown calls, the face mask, the pass interference, holding on the goal line, ABZ talked about the offsides on that last play. I don't like the play calling on fourth and one by the Bengals. Uh, you put Burrow in shotgun when he doesn't have a line. You line him up under center, let him lean forward for the first down. Then you can you can call timeout and start over with downs and have 30 seconds left to try to make another play. Dan, can we talk about the fact that on third and one, or I think it was like third and short at least, they ran some – Ajay fucking Pirine up the middle. So yeah. Pirine, you have Joe Mixon, who's been dashing them all night. Like yeah. it's a very, very tough uh, front seven. He's fucking. They use Samaje Pirine. Like I get that he's probably part of your like third down package, but why would you like? I get that like, maybe it's a misdirection thing. They would never be so stupid as to run Samaje fucking Pirine, who's been cut from every team in the NFL, up the middle on your one of the most important like plays. Of your whole season, like why? Why would you do like, I, like the yes, that fourth down is bad, but like, I would love to woo. be at the mall right now, walking is past he, ABC, <laughs> squaring in front of children. You know, and on top of that, if you're not gonna give the ball to Mixon, why don't you just give it to Burrow on that play as well? Burrow, yes, doesn't he's we we know who he is. He doesn't care to get hit. Obviously, he's been got hit all of his rookie year and all this year. He's a but, big boy. But they could have easily continued the play and at least had an, an attempt. I think that was 
worse than the non-calls or the bad calls there in the end. I think it was the play calling of Zach Taylor that showed that he's not near the level of any of the other coaches that were in the postseason this year. And I think we said the offensive line was going to be the Bengals downfall, but I think it was the play calling in the end that really cost the Bengals a chance. Now, granted, they could have got the first come up, stopped the clock and fell up. It fell short in, in those last 30 seconds, but at least could have made an attempt to win that game or at least tie the game. If you had a chance of, getting Evan McPherson on the field, you would have at least tied it and sent it to overtime because he's been clutch in the postseason. So more than any call or missed call is, is Zach Taylor. What the fuck is he doing? Giving the ball to P Ryan and then putting burrow and shotgun at fourth, fourth and one with 41 seconds left in the game. When your whole season's on the line, I think that was to me, um, the biggest part of the disappointment was you had this great game. The referees, yes, they missed some calls, but they let these guys play. But then you look like your amateur hour there on that last drive with some of your play calling it, and it shows why the Bengals probably was only in the Super Bowl because of Burrow. Like, I mean, be honest, there was better teams than the Bengals, and like AVZ's right. Every week he shit on them and shit on them and shit on them for their deficiencies. Those deficiencies finally showed in the Super Bowl in in clutch time. So you're, you're completely right on the play calling, though. And I don't believe it was just at the end of the game. Like throughout the game, there were so many opportunities that they missed calling the wrong place. <clears throat> Weddle got hurt in what the first quarter? You know, when it comes to find out, he, you know, popped his pectoral muscle in two different spots, but he remained in the game for what reason to call plays for the defense and they weren't attacking him at all. You know, if they're going to double cover, you know, chase, they're going to likely use it, play it to their advantage, have him, you know, take him completely out of the game. He shouldn't even have been a factor at all. Cincinnati should have been attacking that way. Uh, Cause they could have ran up the score and just made it unreachable. So yeah. I believe it's the play calling the whole game and not just at the end, the end just kind of, glorified and showed how he he couldn't call the game i think it's clear cincinnati's two glaring holes is the offensive line and a third down running back uh there was a play where they passed to p ryan and he just he looked so uncomfortable and just so he looked out of place on the sideline you know trying to catch that pass i want to say like really quick uh yeah, I, I mean, like, they definitely are missing Giovanni Bernard. I think he was a bigger part of the team than people realize uh, with him going to Tampa Bay. But one of the things I did want to point out is like, I do think that um, Zach Taylor is in the lower half of the coaches uh, that are currently active in the NFL, um, despite being on, like, a very good team. Like, I've, like, another example of someone like him, I would say Cliff Kingsbury. is very similar to him. It's like, he's, yeah. oh, he's going he's gonna to get outcoached. Like, you put him against a good coach, he's getting outcoached. Like, he can't outcoach a Harbaugh. He can't outcoach a Tomlin. He can't outcoach McVay or anyone like that. Like, this is, it's just not going to happen. You have a disadvantage going into it from a coaching standpoint, no matter what you do. But I do want to put over the Bengals' uh, defensive line, especially on the run-stopping. Like, and it wasn't just this game. Like, they have been – like, I mean – it's easy to stop like Kansas City's like uh, running backs, but <laughs> you like this was a myriad like 
the, the Rams can run the ball. Like they can run the ball, run the ball. And they had all three of their running backs ready. Cam Akers is a monster. Sony Michelle's a first round pick. That's been strong all season. Uh, I mean, Daryl Henderson was in there on the third downs. They, they were switching up the running backs. They were switching up different ways. They had like McVeigh has really good, uh, like uh, different, different schemes to get his like running backs into space, especially um, Daryl Henderson. And they just stuffed all of that. And that was just like crazy to me. Like, because, you know, I don't think of the Bengals as that. I don't think of them as, like, one of those crazy front sevens like a Tampa Bay or a, like, uh, or even, like, uh, the Rams. But, like, they just – every single time it's like you got – they got nowhere. Like, I don't think a single running back uh, on the uh, – on uh, the Rams, yeah, the Rams got more than 15 yards. I think they got smashed. So, I got a and, like, question for Brokowski. So, I think – with the exception of Eli Apple, who doesn't deserve to be in the league after his shit talking and his performance, the Bengals defense as a whole is the reason why they were able to keep it close and Burrow play his type of game, you know, and, and I came on here the last episode and I said, they were going to kick the dog shit out of that defense and it didn't happen. But, but Brokowski, I know you're a Stafford guy. I know you're a Stafford guy. Did it concern you? that other than Eli Apple, a defense like the Bengals were able to scheme for Matthew Stafford? What, what do you mean? Like, you're saying that now he got he, he got his little game plan out there now and Stafford's Bengals vulnerable? Aren't known, for, like AVZ said, they, they, I think the Bengals and AVZ point out that they definitely overachieved on their defense in this postseason. And the scheme that was put together – you know, they they showed the ability, except for Eli Apple, to stop that Rams offense and contain it. I mean, Cooper Cup had his day, but I think you're the, the way that that secondary matches up, you're not stopping Cooper Cup. And that's why he was the MVP of the Super Bowl. But other than that, they did a good job controlling that Rams offense to keep that game close. So Burrow had a chance at the end. Do you think that that shows some of the um, some of the deficiencies that Stafford has had over the past twelve years that that he's yeah, not well, he lo- okay. I got you now. So yeah, so he lost when he lost OBJ. He lost you know a valuable target that game because nobody else could catch the ball. Nobody else. The the run game was shut completely down that game. They didn't fucking move a yard, and they had three running backs, and they couldn't do nothing. <clears throat> and Acres has been on fire lately. Uh, but Stafford, he played decent, but I think he really fell under pressure once he lost OBJ, and that's where he started pushing a little too hard. That's where the two interceptions came from. It was kind of a panicky decision. And speaking, I also think that Sean McVay himself was under heavy distress throughout the whole game. Because anytime I seen that dude, it looked like he just got told, win this game or your job is gone. Like, I, I think that played in a factor as well, too. On I mean, certain decision makings on their part. I mean, the Rams did put a team together this year for one reason, one reason only. That was to win the Super Bowl. And I think mm-hmm. that that uh, if he didn't, I don't know if he would have lost his job, but it would have made him look like, you know, can't, you know, it'll question in the future. Can he get the job done? But um, I think that we've talked about our opinions on the game. And I think that, and you guys all agree, Cincinnati had a shot, but here's the big question that I've been seeing since the last few days, since the Super Bowl. 
right now after this Super Bowl for Stafford. Yes, I'm going to admit it was a great story. Stafford, his first year out of a horrible organization like the Lions, takes a team in the Super Bowl and wins the Super Bowl. Right now, if Stafford was to say, I got my ring, I'm done, would you put him in the Hall of Fame? I'm going to start with with Brokowski. Would you put him in the Hall of Fame? I would, yes. I think the ring sealed his Hall of Fame uh, career. Uh, now, I don't think he'll get it. He's not going to be no Tom Brady first ballot Hall of Famer. He'll probably get it in his last year of eligibility for it or second to last year. Cause... I'm talking, yeah, if he went in right now. See, my only, and I'll let Brokowski or I'll let Big Kaz and AVZ. Because they're still eligible for like six years. You yeah. know, if you don't get it next year, he can still get it in the I'll following let, year. I'll let Big Kaz and AVZ have their moment too with this question. But right now, not looking at who it is, would you put a quarterback in the Hall of Fame that has a below 500 career record as a starter? I think right now, if he decided to retire right now, you can't put him in because he's under 500. He is 89 and 96 and one. So he's under 500. Could, could you put in a quarterback that has a sub 500 record? Big Kaz, what do you think? Well, I mean, he's not done yet, obviously. Yeah, I'm saying based upon if well, he was to hang it up now. Done, the, the records that he had, the league records that he's broken at this point, the yardage per year that he puts up. Because I think to get in the Hall of Fame, they put more into, <clears throat> sorry, ex, into consideration. You know, people were talking about, does he get to go in because of his lack of Pro Bowls or all pro uh, and we know that's bullshit now because those yeah. games are the the it's Pro Bowl all, is bullshit. If we're going purely based off play, you know, and like they look at his games and how he even a lot of those losses they kept he kept a minute, you know, a lot of those losses could be wins. The matter of three to seven points is a lot of those losses, but uh, I believe, yeah, I believe right now he goes in, especially with the Super Bowl win. AVZ. Okay, so there's a little bit to unpack here. Uh, I want to circle back. I think it goes with this to your question earlier. Um, when when Matt Stafford lost OBJ, it wasn't just Matt Stafford that lost OBJ. That was the whole game plan it, it, in the Super Bowl. So, like, to, I don't think it really showed his deficiencies so much as, like, they were gashing them with OBJ throughout the day, and that should have been, like, that was he was playing out of the Robert Woods spot. So, like, they lost all of the playmakers, and so, like, in the face of that adversity, like one of his interceptions in the Super Bowl was like popped up, thrown into a third string tight end. Like there was a lot of things to be said about like I don't a lot of people are like, oh, same old staff, or like I don't necessarily think that that's true. Um, but do I think that he's a first ball Hall of Famer? No, of course not. But if you look at the stats, like he's made it to the Super Bowl four times. Sorry, he's made, he's made it to the uh into the playoffs four times, one Super Bowl ring. Um, he did a bunch of that work and he broke a bunch of records and he did all that work on on the not one of the the losing his franchises the losing his franchise in nfl history the losing it the worst they're literally the comedy jobber of the nfl they are the actual just worst they're the gilberg of the nfl they are the worst and so like well like so bad they have international fame is the worst and he still brought them to the playoffs on multiple occasions uh he was consistently considered by 
many people and analysts in the NFL as the most underrated quarterback in the NFL. Do I think that he's a Tom Brady, someone on that level? Absolutely not. But at the same time, like look at how many quarterbacks fizzle out on a year to year basis to say he's like, you know what he is? He's Philip Rivers with a ring. He's Philip Rivers with a ring. That's what he is. And if, and people are talking about Philip Rivers going into the hall of fame, where's your ring? Okay. Well, Matt Stafford is Philip Rivers with a ring. And actually he has better stats than Philip Rivers. So like, I don't so, know if you even think Philip Rivers, you have to say Stafford. So let me tell you what I've always said the last 12 years, what I think Matt Stafford's deficiencies are his football IQ, his ability to sometimes a lot of times fold when there's pressure. I think on the field, he is one of, and this is somebody who has shit on Stafford for 12 years because of what he's done to my fandom here in Detroit. But in the field, he is one of the, he has one of the most gifted arms for, for strength. He, he, but I think what he lacks is football IQ. And I think Sean McVay is the perfect coach for him because that's the deficiency that I still will say to this day that Stafford has is football IQ and Sean McVay has that. And I don't think Stafford could have done this on many teams because of that lack of football IQ. Is he going to get in? Absolutely. He's going to get in because he's going to have however many more years left in the league. He's going to be on, he's going to have winning records probably every year until he decides to hang him up. So absolutely. He's going to get in based upon he's going to be a Super Bowl champion, broke records, and have a good overall record. I was stating everyone's saying, oh, Stafford's the best. He could leave right now and be in the Hall of Fame. I don't know if he can based upon his record. Do I think he's going to? Absolutely. He's going to be, and I, as much of a Stafford hater as I am, if he continues with the Rams and continues with McVay, that record's going to turn around sooner than later. And I think he could be a first ballot hall of famer. Is he going to go in unanimous like some of the other ones, but on the field, if somebody is telling him what to do with a football IQ Stafford might be one of the best quarterbacks we see in the league. Oh, for sure. If I think if he could win just one more, even, you know, which I think is a possibility, do the Rams go and bring back OBJ and Von Miller to try to keep this team together though? You know, they have a lot of free agents that play for that team that help make a difference. So if and Aaron Donald talking about retirement now, well, I think if, if they bring the band back together, Donald's not going to retire. So if the Rams could bring back one of these two, I'm going to get all your guys' opinions. If it's OBJ or Von Miller, who are you bringing back? OBJ. OBJ. We, we just Von made whole, Miller. We just made a whole conversation how Stafford needs, you know, in the Super Bowl, once OBJ went down, he only had Cooper Cup to go after, and the defense knew that, so he kind of fil- uh, fluttered out. You know, the defense will be all right. if. Could you imagine an offense with a healthy Robert Woods, that's, an, o- that's an OBJ, it. and a Cooper Cup? The winning I don't think seasons, you need that. The winning think- seasons they could have, but I'm actually on AVZ's side. I yes. think – Von Miller is in the best shape of his career right now. And I think he brings a total different dynamic to that team. You can't double Aaron Donald and just thinking you're going to get away with it now. 
because you got Von Miller coming off the end. I think Von Miller means more to that team re-signing than OBJ because if Robert Woods is healthy, Robert Woods is a pretty damn good receiver and you don't have all that extra that comes with an OBJ. So if I was, that was my choice, one or the other, I'm taking Von Miller because of what he could bring to that defense. And if Aaron Donald decides to leave, then you have that dominant pass rusher that would still be on that defense where a healthy Robert Woods is going to do maybe not as flashy of a job as OBJ, but it's going to get the job done in that same role. I think that like one of the things that Va- so one of the stats on Von Miller this year was that he did not have the highest uh, pass rush win percentage. That number one did go to Aaron Donald. He was not even in the top ten this year. But what he did have was one of the highest percentages of uh, run stopping. So he was able to cl- he was able to clean it up because when you get somebody like Aaron Donald who's putting all that pressure on the quarterback, you're going to get a bunch of dump offs. When you get dump offs like that with elite running backs or slot receivers who can get into space. You could be giving up 30-plus yards as they run up the middle. They can chunk you really bad like that. And Von Miller does not let that happen. Even And you saw that, like, in games like uh, – even in, like, the Super Bowl. Like, they weren't chunking them. Like, uh, against San Francisco, that's one of the best run schemes in the NFL. But they still weren't gashing them like they've gashed everybody else. Like, and it doesn't, and that's one of those schemes where it doesn't matter who it is. They'll get you in space, whether that's like Mostert who didn't really get to play this year or, uh, you know, uh, it was a Mitchell, like they, they, like Von Miller is the one who like is still sitting there to bring you the fuck down when it's not when while Aaron Donald goes up there, commands detention of three different people and still wins and still gets pressure. So I think that he is so important to this defense. Like he cleans up the mistake, like the problems, like, you know, even if you're an elite quarterback, you're still not going to be able – he takes away that dump off from you. And Von Miller is amazing. Like, I, I don't understand. Like, the, like, OBJ at this point of his career, I think that Robert Woods is better. So, like, what are we talking about here? You know what I mean? Brokowski, your last words on the Super Bowl. Last words on the Super Bowl overall. Yeah. I won I, – what matters most is I won the, uh, the little bracket between all of us. So now I have bragging rights for a whole year of I'm the smartest NFLer no matter what. No matter what. <clears throat> and how about that halftime show really quick? Like, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that in a second. Let's get everybody finished up, and then we're going to get into the halftime show. Big Kaz, last words on the Super Bowl. Uh, <clears throat> one of the best in recent years. Like I said it had a different landscaping as of players. You know, we didn't – I made that point. We didn't have a, a Manning, a Brady, or a Mahomes – in a Super Bowl since 2013. So, uh, put some new faces in there. It was a great game. Uh, the Bengals will definitely show that they could be back if they tune up their roster. The, the offensive line definitely needs it because their defense is great and they have some good offensive weapons. So, And I'll say it again, my only disappointment, well, two disappointments is the play calling at the end by Zach Taylor and that we didn't get an opportunity to see Evan McPherson get on the field and try to win or tie that game with a long field goal. Um, I would have liked to have seen that uh, because the kickers have played an integral role in the postseason this year, and he is probably the the hottest kicker in the league. It would have been nice to see him on the field to, to give the Bengals a chance. Um, 
Brokowski brought up the halftime show, so I did want to get into that. I mean, I'm a huge weekend fan, so I was before they announced who was going to be the halftime show this year. I was like, it's going to be difficult to top weekend. But then they brought in the nostalgia, my 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 youth. They brought in all the guys that guys and lady that that I was my favorites as a kid. Brokowski, since you brought it up, I'll let you go first. I absolutely loved every minute of it, man. And then find out that Snoop blazed down really quick before it was like, well, what do you expect? But no, I thought it was great. I loved how they teased the Tupac in uh, two different spots there with Dre. That was pretty dope. And uh, I thought it was the best one in years, for real. I thought it was better than The weekend, So it definitely lived up to the hype, in my in my opinion. They played all my favorites. Um, I did wish to hear one more from M, but... Of course, they let him play lose yourself, lose yourself entirely. They pretty much play that constantly during this time of year in the playoffs and shit. So, but I enjoyed it. Because, well, it's it's funny because we actually just we didn't start talking in the group chat until after the halftime show. The whole first half we were quiet, nobody said shit. Then the halftime show, and that's when we started <laughs> chirping. But uh, I thought it was fun. It was it was a good good show. Uh, shame on everybody for making fun of 50 cent, you know, body shaming him like that. What the hell? You know, I'm thick. I'm plump. Did, did anybody see the pull up he did to get himself up to hang upside down? Yeah. Can you do that? You know, I just can't believe it. You know, like that was kind of like, that was what people were talking about after a show like that. ABZ. I enjoyed it, man. Like, I was a little bummed out that we didn't get the hologram with the Tupac because it's like I was promised such candy. I didn't get it. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, I agree with the whole uh, like mocking 50 Cent thing. It's like, yeah, okay, he was upside down. The blood was rushing to his head. And then on top of that, it's like he's pretty jacked. Like, I mean, he's like for a guy his age, he's pretty jacked. Like, that's a pretty scary dad. Like, if, if you, like, he was a dad at your lunch table and you're like, my dad could beat up your dad, I'd be like, hey, he's probably good. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, he's, pretty, he's still pretty jacked. And so, like, uh, I think that's a little bit gross, but um, yeah, I, I, I really, I like Kendrick Lamar. I didn't think that he fit with that set because he's kind of not from that era. So like, I don't, I, like, I would have maybe like, I would have preferred like, yeah, like some people said Ice Cube. I actually would have liked to see like someone kind of from that era who's totally different, who like wasn't from that group. Like maybe give me like, uh, like, like, like Outkast or Nelly. But I mean, they could have their own. Uh, they could have their own halftime shows themselves. So it's like, you know what I mean. Busta Rhymes would have been a good one. Oh, he would have been great. Oh, man. I go. Uh, Busta just showed up out of it. Oh man, like, that would have been sweet. Like again, like St. Lunatic showing up would have been awesome. Like I got like Outcast. Like, that, like if Andre Three Thousand was it? I think yeah. If Andre Three Thousand was part of that group, I would have. <laughs> but I mean, it was great nostalgia. Really fun. Really good show. I did like The weekend better, but I thought this was like very, very, very good. Yeah, I was a huge weekend, but what got for me is Big Cass can remember this. 16 years old. Big Cass is 14 years old. We're in my hatchback escort. And who are we bumping? Dr. Dre, Snoop, Bone Thugs, Biggie. I mean, it was just brought me back to the Meadowbrook days when me and Big Cass would be cruising around Monroe Street in my little escort. Um, and I, I made a perfect point. ABZ brought it up. I named off Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, um, 
you know, all these great quarterbacks. And I said, Mark Sanchez. Then I named off Eminem, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Mary J. Blige, Kendrick Lamar. Who doesn't fit? Kendrick Lamar did not fit. I don't hate Kendrick Lamar, but when he was part of that, I just, I was done at that point. Um, exactly. Um, I would have liked to have seen any of the names you guys have brought up. Uh, not saying Kendrick Lamar is not good. I just don't think he fit for me for nostalgia reasons. Cause it took me back Big Cass knows it took us back to the good old days. And for that, I thought it was better than weekend just because it brought me back to some, some, to my youth. Uh, a lot happened back in the day. And uh, yeah, that was, that, that was a good halftime show for me. Just Kendrick Lamar to me didn't fit. I didn't hate, I didn't hate him. I just, I hated him because of it didn't, it didn't go good. I named off all these great quarterbacks. And I said, Mark Sanchez, who doesn't fit in this conversation. Kendrick (laughs) Lamar didn't fit in that conversation, not because of his talent. The way some people looked at it, like he didn't fit because like it was the nostalgia part of it. Like he didn't come from that era. I think more of this halftime show was more to kind of uh, this was Dr. Dre showing that he could do it. And all those people are actual branch off of Dr. Dre in some form of way. So in that like and I'm a big Kendrick fan, you know, I I was bummed he actually didn't sing Mad City when they started out with that. Like, I absolutely like that song. It gets you going. Um, But all right. Like, it was a really good show altogether. It was. I popped for 50. I totally wasn't expecting it. And then when it happened, it was like, that was blatantly obvious. How did I not think of that happening? So we were going to get an NWA reunion, to be honest. Yeah, that would have been sweet, too. But like the when I saw 50 Cent. My my reaction was, holy shit, he's fucking jacked, not he's fat. Like, you know, you hear all those jokes. Oh, he's like a buck 50 now. He's not 50 cent. I looked at him. I was like, holy shit, this guy's jacked. Same thing I did when I looked at AVZ for the first time that I saw him. We were at the fucking gas station after he's done. He talked about when he was on our wrestling podcast, he wanted to get in, in better shape. And the first time I saw him, I was like, holy shit, this motherfucker's jacked. That was my same reaction to 50 Cent as my same reaction to AVZ. He's jacked. And AVZ, Appreciate you're that. jacked now. <laughs> Thanks, man. I'm trying to lose some LBs, too, so I sympathize with 50 Cent. Where it's like, you get, like, the road to, like, lean goes, like, if you want to be big, like, like, you have to go through that phase. And it's like, how much time do you really think he had in that time yeah. period? Like, all right, let's get, like, eh, come on, man. Like, he, like, I wouldn't want to mess with him. Like, I mean, I, I would have never wanted to mess with him at all. Like, he's always been jacked, but, like, He's looking like very strong. Like, like I don't want to take clothes on from that guy. So yeah. So I think we've talked about our opinions in Super Bowl. We've crowned Brokowski the champ. We've talked about the halftime show, which is important. Um, I want to touch a little bit in free agency. Um, we don't need to start analyzing each position, but um, is there any player who's going to be a free agent? that you just think there's a perfect spot for them to land. I'm going to start. I think Chris Godwin, a perfect spot for him to land. That's going to help him is the Indianapolis Colts, regardless of who's going to be the quarterback. If they bring Wentz back. So if you look at Wentz's numbers compared to some other players, quarterbacks in the leagues, his numbers are comparable. Obviously being a Colts fan, I'd like to see somebody else, but I think Godwin would be a good fit in Indianapolis. 
Do um, they do they keep Ty too though? Because Ty is a free agent. Do they keep Ty and go after Godwin? No, I think I think you go young because Ty was gone to the Ravens last off season when they worked out a deal for bring him back for a year. I think you move on from Ty and Godwin to me is is a good fit in the Colts. Is he a number one? No, but you've got some guys there on the Colts like Pittman. He's young. I want to see if he could be the next T.Y. for that team. But I think Godwin is a good plug-in with the Colts. For who, he was missed. He was missed for Tampa Bay in this postseason. Do the Colts stick with Wentz? Well, like I said, numbers-wise, his numbers pretty are pretty close to some other ones. Um, if, you're, if the Colts are going to change quarterbacks, you need to do something bold. You need to do something – like bring in one of the best that's available. If not, you stick with Wentz. I, I mean, if the Colts want to win a Super Bowl, you're going to do whatever you can to go out and bring Russell Wilson in or give Green Bay some kind of a deal. Go go give uh, Aaron Rodgers a hand job and get him to come to Indianapolis if you're wanting to win a Super Bowl. But if you're not going to get one of those two guys – I mean, unless here would be an, another thought if apparently now Deshaun Watson wants to go to Minnesota, he goes to Minnesota and Kirk Cousins come available. I would take Kirk Cousins over over um, Carson Wentz. I, I see Cousins fitting into Indianapolis. Yes. You know, so but numbers wise this year, Carson Wentz's numbers were pretty similar to to some of the top. 15 quarterbacks in the league, even though the eye test showed show different. But if you can't get somebody else that's better, you got to stay with Wentz for another season. There's not much in this draft. I'm not going to invest in. No, there's, in a lot of, there's a lot of teams looking for quarterbacks too this offseason. You know, I'm not going to invest in any of those quarterbacks that are going pro with trying to, you know, the Willis and the, and the um, picket. Um, and, and the, and, uh, what's his name? Houston. I'm not, I'm not going to invest in any of those. I'm not going to try to trade up, get a move up for any of these quarterbacks. So you have to take the best of what's there. And if you can't find anything better than Carson Wentz, you have to stick with him for another year because of his salary cap hit. Uh, but like I said, to me, if you can't get Wilson or Rogers talk, one of those guys in that, Indianapolis is this great city, great organization, and you're going to win a title here. Um, hope Deshaun Watson gets traded. You can get somebody like Kirk Cousins, or you're going to be stuck with Carson Wentz for another year. But I think Godwin would be a good replacement, a younger uh, receiver where he can – we saw what T.Y. Hilton did. He got a lot of balls thrown his way the last few years, and I think that would be a good spot for uh, Chris Godwin um, because we don't know what Tampa Bay is going to look like. Uh, for him to resign there. ABZ. I have a couple actually. And so like, I'm going to be very brief with these, but if you want me to elaborate more on some of them, I will. I'm going to start with Seattle Seahawks right here. Uh, I think there's quite a few things. Like I think we need to rebuild this view, not rebuild, but like re up. And so I think the big one that we need is a running back. We need a banger. I want Melvin Gordon to come to uh, Seattle. Uh, he is, he still has all kinds of juice. And he is that Marshawn Lynch R type that we need. Someone's gonna blast right up the middle. He can do all. He can do it all. He can catch passes. He can do everything. I like Melvin Gordon to come uh, to Seattle. And there's another one from Seattle that I want 
Um, I would like to see David Njoku or Mike Kosicki. Uh, we need a tight end and we need someone who can block a big body who can also bring down those touchdowns. Those are two super athletic guys. I actually kind of maybe Njoku I would prefer because he's someone with a lot who's younger with a lot more like to prove. But well, actually, I think they're both the same age. He, Njoku's just done less because he's been on the Browns, buried on the Browns. You know what and, I mean? Njoku might be a better fit on right, what that's Seattle's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. But Big Kaz. He is awesome. Yep. Big Kaz, do you have anyone that you think is a good fit to go somewhere? To go somewhere? I mean. Or even if it's the re-sign. Like, I was thinking about, like, there's there's a couple quarterbacks. They're not huge names, but they're known around the league. Like, you know, you got Jameis Winston. He's got talks of going back to Tampa because they don't have anything figured out. But we got teams like the Saints. You know, we don't even know who's going to be their quarterback. You got Taysom Hill on the roster, but I think with the new coach, does he have that same faith that Sean Payton had in him, which kind of proved to be, you know, almost gimmicky. It only worked in, in gimmick times, you know. You got Teddy Bridgewater. You got Marcus Mariota and, you know, Trubitsky, you know, I, I think instead of going after quarterbacks out of the draft, like you said, there, I think there's going to be some teams to try to pick some of these guys up to maybe make something happen. But uh, Melvin Gordon was a good, good running back. And you also got Leonard Fournette, you know, like he's still young too. He's only 27 years old. He could be a good fit in Seattle also. Maybe they come at a deal or something like that. I don't know. Free agency this year could be fun. There's a lot of high, high-priced receivers. You know, I think Devontae Adams, Green Bay, of course, wants to make that deal get done. But uh, is it gonna happen? Wouldn't he look good in Vegas with Derek Carr? I think he's going there. If, if Green Bay don't franchise him or re-sign him, I, I 100% believe he'll go to play with Derek over there in uh, Las Vegas. I guess the only thing to me that doubts that Green Bay is going to franchise him is the number they would have to have him under contract for for the season uh, would be a big hit to their cap, especially if they're trying to get Aaron back. Because I don't think Aaron's going to take a discount uh, to re-up in Green Bay. And can they afford to keep everyone in place in Green Bay? I, I don't think... And when's the last time the Packers have used the franchise tag? It's been a long ass time since they franchised somebody. Mm -hmm. um, I just think Devontae Adams to the Raiders, if he's not going to be with Aaron Rodgers, he's going to be with his college quarterback. To, uh, to Yo, so I, I'm just saying, like with the Raiders, like I think they absolutely need a wide receiver, and I think they would die to get Devontae Adams. But if they don't get him, uh, put me down for Michael Gallup. I almost, I, I that smells. Like that's going to happen. Michael Gallup to the Raiders. That is another good one. I think Gallup would be a good fit with the Raiders. And there's a lot of like people who like, uh, there's a lot of those middling, like what did you guys talk about? Like a middling quarterbacks who not only are free agents right now, like Jameis Winston and, uh, and uh, you know, well, actually Ryan Fitzpatrick is as well. Trubisky is interesting. Like he's someone who should, who might get another shot. Mark Mariota probably, I don't think will, but uh, there's also like, what are Andy Dalton and Nick Foles? Like, Andy Dalton is probably double. Like, what about like? Are you saying that like uh, the Saints will take a look and like for the cheap, cheap try to trade for a guy like Foles to like maybe back up and coach up, like or like a Ryan Fitzpatrick bringing Ryan Fitzpatrick to coach up whoever they end up with? I mean, like both of those guys are vet quarterbacks who can go in there with like probably an underdeveloped rookie and talk. Like if Aaron Rodgers leaves and you get Jordan Love, like bring one of those guys in and try to talk to them. You know, and like maybe they're going to actually start the season and then you see the, the uh, newer guy kind of come in throughout. But like 
I think we might start see the beginning of the season. Someone's going to be starting there, whether it's Andy Dalton or Nick Foles or, uh, you know, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick again. One of those guys, those guys are going to be starting somewhere. I mean, they might get overtaken pretty quick, but like they're going somewhere. I, I could see one of those three names in Tampa. Oh, yeah. Well, definitely, definitely. I think Fitzpatrick's getting over- overlooked because of his age in this free agency, and, and he's coming uh, off it. He's coming off a pretty ball. serious injury, so yeah. <clears throat> that's the thing with like Teddy Bridgewater. He's only twenty nine years old, but he's been injured like every single year almost. You know, and uh, I I thought he was great when he was in Minnesota. His rookie season, you know, he led the whole league in passes completed or twenty yards or more. Uh, he was that special until he got him. really hurt. Yeah. That knee really killed his career. Um, you know, he was the best option for Denver this year. I don't know what Denver's going to do. Um, the longer this Aaron Rodgers thing goes, I, I don't know. I, the longer it goes, it tells me one thing. Um, he's trying to get to the place he wants to be that he thinks he can win a Super Bowl away from Green Bay. And I think Kyle's right. The more that time goes on, I think it's it's trying to get him to San Francisco uh, to replace Jimmy G. Uh, if it if it keeps going, there's there's something going on there because then they'd have to unload Jimmy G. Jimmy G could be someone that you could see at uh, Tampa. I, I really think a, a name at quarterback, a, 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 someone who is still relatively young that I think is going to get another shot um, to go somewhere and compete against somebody else is Mitch Trubisky. I think he's going to get one more chance to compete somewhere. And if he doesn't, that might be the end of him in the league, except for a journeyman holding the clipboard. But uh, I think he's going to have a shot to compete somewhere. I don't think they're gonna, anyone's going to sign him saying Mitch Trubisky's our quarterback for the next season or two because – the uh, the draft looks a lot better next year for quarterbacks, they say, than this year for sure. Um, so, and then you you still never know what Stefanski wants in Cleveland. Is Baker going to be there? There's definitely some friction there. Is Baker going to end up somewhere else? Would you want Baker as your quarterback if you wanted those change of scenery things, or is he stuck with the Cleveland curse of being a Cleveland Browns quarterback? I mean, what are the odds that we see Aaron Rodgers in the black and yellow, black and yellow, black and yellow next year? I mean, they need an offensive line like nobody's business. But, like, that's a team that has pieces. They have a winning tradition. Like, they need somebody. They're not – they don't want to go into this with uh, that, like Mason Rudolph or whatever. Like, they're not going into this. They don't want to lose. That fan base doesn't like losing. So, I like – they're bringing someone in. So, I, mean, I don't know before the season even started, he was saying, Yeah, I always thought the Steelers, but the more I think the 49ers show that they're that quarterback away from truly competing. And I don't know if the Steelers are just Aaron Rodgers away from competing. I mean, so. like, I think the Steelers, yeah, they need they need pieces. I think they'd be interesting. Like, there is someone who like I could see with it. Like, that's a place I could see like Fitz going to. You know what I mean? And then they draft they draft a rookie and then bring in like a Fitzpatrick or like honestly in Tampa Bay, I can see Tampa Bay picking up Nick Foles because that's a team that like here like they're going to be wanting a guy who like maybe he's not their starter, but he knows how to win. Like he's literally he literally like won the Super Bowl over Brady and he's probably going to come on the absolute cheapest. So that's a guy who's interesting to look at. Or maybe you see him back up uh, Patrick Mahomes. I remember uh, 
who's I can't remember who their backup is right now, but like Chad Andy Henney Reed is, is Chad Henney, right? Uh, Chad Henney's old, he's so old, but Andy Reed has always loved himself some foals, and then like Andy Dalton, like he's interesting as well. Like, I mean, he he's not the guy he was, but like if you look at a Teddy Bridgewater, he's like right there with someone like that who's like he's not gonna like lose you games because he's like you know what i mean if you if your game plan is to play defense and run the ball maybe he's the guy for you you know so what i mean Same i look at chad he, chad henney is a guy like a annie dalton a guy like a nick really? Foles, where if your starter goes down you're oh. you're you're not like oh shit our our season's over he will at least can manage an offense if you go to a running heavy offense. I, I I'm not worried about Chad Henney turning the ball over a bunch of times or looking like a Dan Orlovsky on the field. Well, okay. I'm a Michigan guy. And I have to say this. I think that was absolutely Chad Henney when he backed up Alex Smith. This is like, he is old, old now, man. And also like, if you th- think about Chad Henney, Chad Henney wasn't a game manager. Like he's never been, he's the guy who's not afraid to make the big throw. He's like, he's gonna throw interceptions. That's what Chad Henney is, but he will make big plays. I think he's not afraid to do that, but like Chad Henney, like, I don't think that like he, like uh, we haven't seen him in forever, man. And he's like, dude, like, Oh, I know we haven't seen him forever, but I'm saying if, if my choices as a backup on my, on my franchise is Chad Henney or drew lock, I'm taking Chad Henney. Oh yeah. But I would also much rather it be an Andy Dalton, the Teddy Bridgewater or Nick Foles or Mr. Bisky. Well, I don't know. Like, I feel like Mitch Trubisky is like, dude, if, if uh, Sam Darnold can get a starting job in the NFL, like, Mr. Trubisky's <laughs> got to be like, this guy, this fucking guy, I got rid of Maggie. Come on, man. So, like, I mean, that's interesting. I mean, like, but if he leaves, like, who becomes, like, they need a backup there who also runs. I think Marcus Mariota is a good fit there uh, as their backup. But, like, man, I just, like, I don't know with the whole chat anything. I mean, like maybe he pulls a pulls like an elder day Hasselbeck, but Hasselbeck was much better in his prime than Chad Henney was. Oh, 100 so, percent. So like, I know Chad know. Henney was still no. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was like. Whoa. Was it, was it last year when Mahomes got hurt in the playoffs? Chad Henney had to come in. <gasps> what, you know who we're not talking about? What about Gardner Minshew? I mean, he's interesting, man. He is very interesting. He's like, I don't know. I he like, he really hasn't had enough time to really do too much but more. But Gardner like, Minshew's a guy like Mr. Trubisky. You can bring him in somewhere yeah. to compete with somebody and see what happens. Like, he looked better to, than Hurts to me, man. Like, he looked better than Hurts to me. Like, well, and honestly, on uh, the Bears, definitely. I thought Foles, I thought Foles was their best quarterback. I think he looked like their best quarterback. Well, speaking of Minshew looking better than Hurts, I mean, Hurts, I don't know if he's designed to be an NFL quarterback long term. I don't think they have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> I think they are a little bit committed. Like, they're a little pocket committed yeah. right now. Like, like what else are they going to do? Like, uh, that team is in a – I worry for the Eagles right now, man. Like, they're, they're they seem right like a now. team. Yeah. They seem like a team that's like – they're like – one of those teams that like can't rebuild because they're too good to rebuild, but they're too bad to be any kind of a threat at all. Like, and they're in a bad division, so they're gonna win. So like, they're gonna like be a, like a near uh, five hundred team 
for a while and just like that fan base is going to be they don't take kindly to losing either and as <laughs> and so, bad as that division is if they're a 500 around a 500 team they have a shot of winning the division yeah i brought up at the beginning of this uh thing they hadn't beat a uh uh a team that was north of 500 that whole year and they were in the playoffs like, but it so, just tells you how bad that division is right exactly but then there's a lot of teams on the rise you look at like the Chargers and stuff like that. Like, actually, so the Chargers is kind of like an interesting landing spot for a lot of different players, especially on the de- on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I know we talked about offense quite a bit, but like, if you talk about one of the, some of the defensive free agents, I, I'd like to see some of them. Uh, like, I think that they're going to go to uh, places like the Chargers. I think that they should pick them up. So it's going to be interesting. Um, Bengals have cap space, man. That's terrifying. They have so much cap space. Well, we know what they need. They need that O-line and a third down back. Right. You know, those are two things the Bengals need, you know. And then another team that I think could use another running back is the Bills. The Bills could definitely use another running back to complement Singletary. So Singletary is like, I don't understand why they're not using him as their scat back. He's a small guy who has good hands. Who's dangerous in space? Like, how is he not your third down guy? So why don't you bring in a Leonard Fournette to Buffalo and pair him with Singletary? He's got hands too, though, man. Like, Fournette's got hands. He's just not the guy who's going to break the big play. But Devin Singletary is the guy that breaks the big play. So, you know. That would be a good one-two punch. Oh, yeah. Well, fellas, Brokowski, any last words on season one of Talking Sports? I won. (laughs) Big Kaz. (laughs) Any uh, last was, words? Yeah, it was fun. Um, can't wait to do next season. We'll see. We'll open the horizon a little bit more with me taking over as host. You know, we're going to – the next season we're going to do talk about a lot about March Madness because that's going to be going on. But uh, there's going to be a lot more, not just basketball, not just football. We'll let the guys – I know AVZ is a huge UFC fan. Brokowski likes a lot of hockey we got a lot of sports knowledge about us, so it's going to be a little bit different than the first season, and I can't wait. Yeah, I think we needed to dedicate the first season to the NFL playoffs. I think that was definitely needed, but, yeah, we're not going to be just a, a football podcast. Too. Like, this was the greatest playoffs, like, hands down, because we finally oh, got yeah. to the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl lived up to it all. Like, I- I've never experienced playoffs as this great. Uh, every game was close except for it was the one Kansas City game. Crazy upsets. You have crazy upsets, but you know, AVZ, thank you for being a part of this. I've said this to you before. Thanks for having me, man. We appreciate it. When we thought about doing this, you and Kyle's were the two names that came up adding to this brand for this podcast. So we appreciate you joining us. We appreciate Kyle. Kyle's got a big match tomorrow, so he couldn't make it on tonight. Um, but we really appreciate the two of you joining us. Big Kaz, I'm, I'm handing you the keys, brother. And I know you're going to take this podcast to the next level, you know, because Brokowski's holding down Pro Wrestling Edge for me, and and I, I got something else brewing. So, uh, yeah, can't wait for next season. Hell yeah, man. Thank you for having me on, by the way. Also, for the UFC guys, the people who watch UFC right now, Bobby Knuckles won that fight. Bobby Knuckles won that fight. Those those refs did not give enough points for those takedowns. Those takedowns matter. Control time against the cage. 
I like that's Izzy. why ABC is part of the talking sports right there. He brings an element you, that none of us <laughs> can bring. He's, ah. he's our walking encyclopedia for the podcast. <laughs> for, for those things, don't ask me about baseball. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's kind of like cricket, I think. I don't know. <laughs> All right, fellas, until next season. Season one, we're out.